COVID-19 has made working virtually necessary. And this means that learning to lead in a virtual environment is now absolutely essential for entrepreneurs. How do you effectively lead an online virtual team? Dr. Knut Thompson is back to tell us how you can be a boss online. I'm Kalila Reynolds, and it's time for another episode of Money Moves JA, brought to you in partnership with Exim Bank's Business Advisory Service, giving you the tools to grow your business. And make sure you watch this video to the end because I have a giveaway. <laughs> Welcome back, Dr. Thompson. Last time you were here, you gave us so many gems. I really appreciated that. Today, we're talking about a very relevant topic, virtual leadership. Yes. I find that it's a little bit different. A lot of people say that they, they, it was fun at first, mm -hmm. doing the Zoom and not having to go into the office. But after months of this now, some people miss the personal interaction. Right, right. So how do you, how can you be an effective leader virtually? Yes, um, as you've said, it's an important area for consideration, especially since it's likely that virtuality is going to be a, a, a part of our future. Mm -hmm. I think there are three ways, among others, in which we can be an effective leader virtually. Uh, and the first I suggest is goes back to an old principle in management and leadership. It was called in those days management by objectives. I think a more appropriate word these days is management by deliverables. Mm -hmm. And that particular approach is as relevant to what I call the era of virtuality as it would have been to the era of face-to-face. -face. Uh, but the thing about face-to-face -face is that you saw people there so you could kind of call them and or you know, um, supervise them or think. When you manage by deliverables, it doesn't matter what people do with their time. Otherwise, your concern is that they produce the support by a particular time mm -hmm. uh, to a particular standard. This invitation to virtuality has been at us for the last 30 years, you know. Mm. So you're not policing what time people clock in. And Precisely, clock out, yes. As long as they get the as job done. As long as they get the job done. And the efficient person might take four hours to do a particular task, um, whereas another person might take an entire day. What the organization needs to do is to agree what the scope of the work is and set a standard time for it. So if if it's agreed that this particular task takes uh, six hours, then the person who is able to come in three hours is free to do whatever they want for the next three. Go on to something else or go to the beach, all right? Because they have done what is expected of them, all right? So it is not, so, so one, one of the things you want to avoid is to have persons um, individually and capriciously decide how long the thing should take. Mm -hmm. It should be decided in a, in, a, in a coordinated and corporate manner, all right? Um, I remember I was somewhere overseas. I was at the bus stop and saw this lady who looked Jamaican. Um, so I began talking to her 
and discover that she's from Doheny Park. I think this might, might have been in Toronto. And she was on her way to work. This was like 11 o'clock. Uh, and she, ex she told me that she, she, she partially telecommutes. So she works in the accounts department um, and she's expected to produce a particular report. It's a financial entity. She's to produce a particular report um, by 7 a.m. each morning. Uh, and that's a report that informs certain decisions that the organization takes. And by agreement, the report takes four hours to be produced. Might be four or two, whatever it might have been. So when she emails that report at 7 a.m. in the morning, it's date stamped. I think it might be two, a two-hour report. Um, it's date stamped 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. As far as the organization is concerned, she has been at work for the last two hours. Mm -hmm. So when she gets in at 11, her effective starting time for work is nine o'clock mm -hmm. because she has produced two hours of work, right? Before seven. Before seven, right? Mm -hmm. So that's management by deliverables, mm -hmm. right? The, but are you familiar with, I think it's Parkinson's law, it's called, work expands to fill the amount of time that you have to do it. So if you give somebody yeah. a day to do something, it will take a day, and if you give them a week, it will take a week. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> I, 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 I suspect so, and there, there's, some, there's some wisdom to that. I think one of the ways to cure that is by the, what I would call the second um, approach to um, leadership in a virtual space is what I call self-accountability, mm. where the, the individual is, recognizes that he or, he or she uh, has a duty to be as productive as he or she can. And so having discovered that this task, which might have been new, can take two hours instead of four, which was agreed, um, to report that, to share that, and uh, increase his or her output by accepting additional responsibilities and tasks within the space of, space of a day. Um, I, I think there are a good number of people who are naturally prone to want to get away with as much that they can. But overcoming that tendency requires a kind of organizational culture where people feel that they own the organization. There's a sense of ownership. So um, to produce four hours of work in an eight-hour day doesn't feel like, in, in a context where people feel that they own the organization um, will, will bring a sense of guilt. Mm -hmm. So people want to do more because to do less is to hurt themselves, mm. um, which then comes to the third element. So I said... Management by deliverables is the first. Self-accountability is the second. Mm -hmm. The third is what I call authentic collective ownership. Authentic collective, collective ownership. ownership. So I'm part of the organization. I remember um, in the 1990s, I was working with, at that time, the Jamaica Telephone Company. And um, Senior Vice President of Blessed Memory, William Bertram, we were having a cinema managers meeting and he said, words to the effect, we have a billion dollar company to run, mm -hmm. all right? He didn't say I, he said we. And he was, he was, he was making clear that all of us inside there, and one of the things the company did, um, if you recall the history, um, when it shifted from Jamaica Telephone Company to Telecommunications of Jamaica, every employee had a chance to buy shares, mm -hmm. all right? So we all owned the company, all right? Um, now, 
no, nothing is perfect, company is perfect, there are issues of accountability and efficiency, but the fact is that you're moving towards creating the sense that if I don't deliver, I'm not only hurting myself, sorry, I'm not only hurting the company, I'm hurting myself. Because now you're invested in I'm the company. I'm investing in the company. Collective, authentic ownership. I love that. Yes. So how is leading a team virtually different than regular in-person leadership? You know, as I thought about it, I am not sure that the differences are vast, but I think they are significant, right? Um, and the first area of critical difference has to do with what I call MBD, management by deliverables. Uh, so whereas in a face-to-face -face context, you have a, a set of um, halfway uh, um, cubicles, the supervisor sits at this end and can see what's happening. Now the person is at home um, and you can't see. Um, so restructuring the organization so that tasks which were typically um, deemed to be only um, executed or could only be executed inside the, the space of the building, the organization can be done elsewhere. So, so reconfiguring work processes and work outputs um, to make for um, easy measurement of what people have done is the first critical requirement of leadership in this context. The second I would suggest is what I would call um, defining measures of success. And this is not new language in, 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 in by any means, um, but measurements of success really means that although the thing is done, what are the key measures of how well it meets the expected standards, all right? Uh, although it was agreed for four hours, that you were able to do it for three hours, does that now become a precedent, mm -hmm. all right? Um, that the average error rate among other members of the team was X, that your error rate was lower than the average. To what extent can you use that error rate um, to become the standard for the rest of the organization? Right. At least a standard for that person. Well, I'll send, I'll send for that person. Said, I expect more of you because yes. I know you can perform at this level. Correct. Is that fair? It's fair, um, but you, you, it also requires some for some additional analysis as to whether or not this level of performance um, was affected by other favorable variables, like you were um, there were fewer people in the organization that day. There were there was less distraction, yeah. so you'd have to take account of some of, the, some of the, the factors that are responsible and then see the extent to which you can scale um, or replicate those factors. Right, because yeah. if, if somebody has more experience, you have a rookie who just started last week and somebody who's been with you indeed, 10 years, indeed, indeed. I will expect the person with 10 years to complete the task in two hours, Without and the doubt. rookie would take all day because they're just learning. Precisely. To what extent, or how important is it to check in with your team? and their emotional wellness, because now we're not having that general face-to-face -face interaction, and perhaps the introverts love it, yes. but those who thrive on social interaction yes. may be going through a slump. It's exceedingly vital, um, and in some countries, they, including the US um, and some East, East Asian countries, the rate of suicide has gone up 
not only among um, employees, but also among students. And it is in part attributable to a sense of isolation, um, what you may want to call um, the COVID factor. It's important that you find ways of creating um, opportunities for interaction, virtual parties, using the same methods you used in face-to-face. -face. So you have your sing-alongs, you have your chit-chats, you have your um, serious introspection, um, but you're doing it virtually. And I think karaoke is a great idea. <laughs> Without <laughs> a, a yes, 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 you can do that. Um, one of the things that um, we also need to avoid is this notion that because you need to check on people, you have these re regular meetings. Guard against meeting for meeting's sake mm -hmm. as a way of keeping tabs on how people are performing. Mm -hmm. uh, but ensure that you create opportunities for what I call uh, differentiated forms of engagement, where people just learn to uh, share without an agenda, um, you'll find that after a while, it might, the, the need for it will become less. But the declining interest should be seen as, A, an opportunity to review how, um, what is being done, but it might also be an indication that there is no need for it, and people are becoming less um, anxious, less isolated, and so on. Mm -hmm. well, thank you once again for your insights, Dr. Thompson. It's about that time that we do our giveaway question, so take it away. All right. So the giveaway question for today is, what does MBD mean? MBD. Dr. Thompson is a man who loves his acronyms. I remember this one. Do you? Answer over on Exim Bank's Instagram page at Exim Bank JA. You can win a lovely prize from Exim Bank's business advisory service. And now let's recap Dr. Thompson's main points. Virtual leaders should manage by deliverables. Great virtual leaders leave space for employees to be self-accountable. It's important to make employees feel invested in the company, and virtual leaders should create opportunities for interaction. With virtual work, business owners have an opportunity to rethink and reshape their relationships with their teams. This will help develop new ways to achieve goals and create a productive, engaged working environment. Remember, the new normal, it's up to us. That's it for this episode of Money Moves JA, brought to you in partnership with Exim Bank's Business Advisory Service, giving you the tools to grow your business. Visit their website, EximBankJA.com. I'm Kalila Reynolds. Until next time. Ha, 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 ha.